Mother's Day to all of the mothers out there. My name is Aisha Hodo, and I will be your speaker this morning. And the subject I'll speak on is Beyond the Mask. The scripture today is coming from Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Hey, black child, do you know who you are, who you really are? Do you know you can be what you want to be if you try to be what you can be? Hey, black child, do you know where you are going, where you're really going? Do you know you can learn what you want to learn if you try to learn what you can learn? Hey, black child, do you know you are strong? I mean, really strong. Do you know you can do what you want to do if you try to do what you can do? Hey, black child, be what you can be. Learn what you must learn. Do what you must do. And tomorrow your nation will be what you want it to be. Those words were written by Usini Eugene Perkins in a poem called, Hey, Black Child. I must say that it's ironic that the subject of Beyond the Mask was placed on my heart when I was asked to speak today. It didn't come to mind at first that we're in an environment where masks are required because never in all of my 21 by two plus two, you do the math on that, would I have envisioned a world where we would be required to wear masks. The mask that we wear is for the purpose of protection and to exercise our rights to go without it could very well cost us our lives. But when you wear it correctly, the mask covers the nose and the mouth, allowing only one to view the eyes. So what lies beneath the eyes underneath the mask, no one can see unless you're in a position to allow them to see when you remove your mask. So when you wear this mask, although it has become a lifesaver, what it does is it hinders our ability to be able to effectively communicate with each other. And so what I mean by that is, one, sometimes you don't even know who you're talking to until you get up on them because the mask is covering most of the face. And then, to try to hear what someone is saying often causes some people to pull that mask forward and pull it down, right? Or we don't have the ability to interpret expressions which we so heavily rely on during the communication process. Those are communication cues when we are able to see one's expression and understand the intent of what they're saying. While I did not come to talk about literal masks, I did come to talk about masks. And I would like to make a case that we wore masks prior to a mask mandate. The difference with the mask that we wear is that you can't see them. And if I'm honest, then I would say that we also wear these masks because of the five W's, right? We remember that from English and language arts. The who what, where, when, and why. 
And since it's Mother's Day, I would like to say that we as women have become skilled at wearing masks. And it's not to say that men don't wear them because we all do. And to boil it down further, we as people of color, we've worn masks and we wear them well because of the circumstances that we have found ourselves in to be accepted as part of the human race, to have our inalienable rights of right, a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, we wear these masks. Masks for all who wear them offer a certain protection depending upon who we're interacting with, what situations or circumstances we find ourselves dealing with, or where we find ourselves. I would say that some masks we wear out of obligation to the various roles that we play as people, and sometimes we wear a mask as part of the need for acceptance. And we associate this mask with the need for exception, acceptance as a false hope of protection. See, the roles and responsibilities that we're, women carry with the mask of responsibility, such as being a mother, a wife, a friend, a sister, same with men, a father, a son, a friend. These are our masks that are worn out of sheer, sheer responsibility and obligation. And we have to switch up for, for functional purposes, right? So I can't treat my child like my friend, right? And I can't talk to my husband like he's my brother. So the ability for a woman to be able to switch up these masks was, was so well coined in the term, I'm every woman, it's all in me. And then the great Maya Angelou associated the diverse abilities of women through an empowerment poem called Phenomenal Woman. Again, women have power and sometimes the power of the mask due to the obligation of our responsibilities is well noticed within the community. So for women, it becomes more natural for us to switch up. I also offer you these examples to ponder. The first example is one that we're most familiar with as working women. It is no secret that it's a struggle for a woman to climb the corporate ladder. And though we've made progress as a gender, the statistics are alarming for those women of color. Although we made some progress, it's, a, it's, it's, it's alarming and it's a struggle for black women who are trying to climb a corporate ladder. See, when we voice our opinions, we are and were labeled as loud. When we provide constructive dissent, we were labeled as angry with a bad attitude. Here goes the angry black woman or some other derogatory term. So what we did was we put on a mask just to be in a room where people who do not look like me can hear my voice, to be respected as valuable. I wear a mask to fit in. 
And though deep inside it makes me uncomfortable and who they see at work is not who they would see at home or working hard in the community, in the community because we continually tell ourselves that the phenomenal woman that we are is not good enough. Although this need for a mask goes deep, it goes deep through centuries, and it takes more time today to talk about why we wear these masks of assimilation that we have, to, we have to comb through all of the possibilities and circumstances that created this need for these masks. So I would like to believe that uh, if we think about childhood in an effort to fit in, we rely on our internal and external environments to figure out who we are. This is one of the reasons why in the Bible, it was so important that it was written to train a child in the way that he should go. And even when they are old, they will not depart from it. That's found in Proverbs, the 22nd chapter and sixth verse. I even remember as a child, I would love to sing, I am a promise. I am a possibility. I am a promise with a capital P. I am a great big bundle of potentiality. I am learning to hear God's voice and I am trying to make the right choice. I am a promise to be anything God wants me to be. I remember that song and I remember it so well. And I used to love to be in the choir stand rocking and jazzing it up because the song has a catchy phrase, but it has meaning and purpose. And so I think about, as I think about that song, I think about back in the day when we used to think it was a thing to be a fly girl. So I was a baby who grew up or late 70s. I had experienced all the 80s and all of the 90s. And the era that I most remember is hip hop. When it became mainstream, we had artists like LL Cool J, Kwame, Big Daddy Kane, Salt and Pepper. These were all images that we as young people would cling to. And somehow it turned into us changing our countenance when we seen them. I would like to refer to myself as a hair and fashion aficionado. Yes, I love hair. And many of you who know me know I've worn various styles, even since being in Georgia. But even as a young person, I would switch it up. I had the salt and pepper cut. Then I had the Tony Braxton cut. And you see how I'm associating all of these different haircuts to a person. I would spend hours and a salon and days to prepare an outfit for school or an event. This was the time where, if I be honest, we would be in the mirror pretending to be whoever it was we saw on television. Whitney Houston at that time was also popular and we would be singing in the mirror and we would take on these identities. And then we left the mirror and took the identity with us because we felt like that identity is what people would accept because everybody saw it. 
And so we put on this mask called a facade. In this example, essentially what we did is we created a need to associate ourselves to what was accepted by the world. Today we see the same mask where everybody wants to be somebody else. I call this a global identity crisis at play. Reality TV is run rampant. Facebook has people chasing the likes. And on Instagram, we're looking for love. And on TikTok, we all got something that we want to share with the world. And everybody has this desire to want to be seen. So we put on our mask. Young women display exotic faces, colorfully painted, cheekbones masterfully highlighted. And it, it, it's so highlighted that I would say that it danced, the sun dances off the highlight so you can see the sparkle and the lift of the cheekbone. Hair so long that it begs the question, and I've always asked myself, what do you do with all that hair hanging down to the middle of your leg when you go to the bathroom? That's what I ask myself. I don't know about you. Nails beautifully sculpted, elongated and batting lashes. Funny story, we were on our way here to church this morning and we were driving and my husband said, did you see that girl? And I said, what girl? He said, you didn't see her lashes? And I said to myself, actually, I said it out loud. I said, the fact that you can see her lashes from the car and she on the sidewalk walking, that's a whole problem. But nevertheless, I'll get off of that. We got snatched waist and big behinds. An, an environment where clothes for women, less is more, more or less. If it's tight, it's right. The shorter, the better. The bigger, the bag. The more expensive the bag, the more appealing it is. Lift up your shoe, girl. I see you got on them red bottoms. We got young men flashing big money, gold gleaming from the teeth to the jewelry, big rings, saggy pants, flashing tennis shoes, and what we call a dope ride, fully tinted windows, big rims, all the latest bells and whistles. It reminds me of a song written by what our pastor likes to call prophets, the prophet Will Smith in Summertime. He talked about girls coming fresh from the beauty salon. He talked about how guys would go to the store to get a new outfit because they couldn't be seen and what they had on when they just played basketball. And then he talked about riding through your car in your Jeep or your Benzo. Right? So, so Fresh Prince talked about all of this in summertime, and it was something that even now I still bob my head to. But when I think about it, it's creating a persona where we have to hide behind masks in order to be seen. We go into debt having the latest cars, the biggest house, houses, and then we adorn ourselves with a label for this and a label for that. We want the job title. We want to say where we work because we want to be the envy and the talk of the town. We hide ourselves behind these masks. And one of the things that most concerns me 
is that we have allowed ourselves to abandon our self-worth. I have had the opportunity in the past 12 months to be around a group of young women. And I'm not just talking about age, but I listen to how we talk to each other and talk amongst one another. And one of the things that I've noticed that we've become comfortable with is calling one another names outside the names that we were given. It's nothing to say, hey, B, the term, and call one another hoes. Words that, when I was in school, surely would have resulted in some type of altercation. If a man were to have referred to a woman as such, it would have been considered derogatory and disrespectful. But now, not only as women are we casually referred to as the bee, but we join in celebration and, and call one another these names, allow others to call us these names, and we celebrate it as a badge of honor. And I would not believe that all women who participate in this banter like it, but in an effort to be accepted, they put on the mask. And so women, I wanna say this, I challenge you to stand firm in the name that you were given. I challenge you to stand firm because who you are is somebody. And to be deferred to as somebody less than with the name that you were given is to not only deny yourself that you are worthy, but it's also saying to the world that I just want to fit in. That's not acceptable. So I'm not opposed to telling people and teaching people how I want to be treated. My name is Aisha. And if you can't call me Aisha, just call me ma'am, right? Just say ma'am. If you can't pronounce my name, say ma'am. But anything outside of that, and you can call me a child of the king if you want to. Hey, child of the king, I'll answer to that every time. But don't call me anything other than what I was named. We're seeking validation in others in an effort to have an identity in this world. But the Bible says that we should not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of our minds. See, the Lord knew in this world that we would struggle with our identity. It even says in Proverbs 14 and 12, there's a way that seems right to man, but the end is death. And another author that I had come across says, we must, as Christians, we must alter our lives in order to alter our hearts. For it is impossible to live one way and pray another. So in other words, you can't live a double life. This need to chase an, a sense of acceptance and belonging has caused us to focus our attentions on the pleasures of this world and has a skillfully rotating between the mask of, of obligation and the mask of acceptance. 
The stress of keeping up with the appearance of things wears on us day by day, so much so we begin to lose ourselves in the essence of who we really are. The feelings to belong and the pressures to wear this mask to assimilate has caused some people to crack under pressure. There's an increased dependency upon legal and illegal drugs, mental illness, crime rates are increasing, and so is suicide as a result of our burden to wear the mask of acceptance. The outcome of the mask, of this facade, magnifies the concept, again, that there is a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof is destruction. Our bodies have been exchanged for brilliant minds and our money for our morals. See, in order to get something, you gotta give something. And this world is not our friend. Therefore, there's a barrier between who we really are, hidden by the mask of who we want to be or who we want people to see, and it all boils down to the fact that we don't trust in what we were created to be. Millions of people die searching for a purpose and living a life that's pleasing to others and unfulfilling to themselves. And I think it was time for me to say now that you and I were created for purpose, on purpose. David said in Psalms 139 and 13, for you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful and I know that full well. You, my friend, are the result of the master's handiwork. Everything that we need to navigate this journey of life, we were equipped with, but we don't trust it. And you know why? It's because we rather trust in what we see as opposed to what we don't see. And for you to hide, for me to hide behind temporal Man, for us to hide ourselves for temporal purposes is to please fickle people with fickle feelings resulting in self-destruction. But what I love about God is he accepts me for who I am, flaws and all, all of my shortcomings and my prayers for God to protect and guide me, to give me clarity so that I can make the right decisions as a mother, as a wife, as a sister, as a friend, are so important. The mask of obligation and responsibility is what I pray that the Lord would help me in, in being more perfect. I'm not perfect, but I want to be better in those areas. And I pray that the Lord searches me and he finds within me all that is not right. And he begins to work and mold me so that I will be who he has called me to be. I don't want to assimilate to be accepted. If people can't accept me for who I am, that's okay. Because Jesus accepts me for who I am. And when I think about it, I, I, I remember... Um, 
little story, not long, but uh, I, I went to a church. I grew up in a church, Antioch Baptist Church, the friendly little church by the side of the road where the gospel of Jesus Christ is preached and teach. That's what they say, preached and teach. And uh, I loved that church and it taught me so much. Um, and one of the things it taught me, I'm going somewhere, was hymns. And so people think it's funny now because I can just about sing every hymn in the hymn book without the hymn book. Uh, and that is because when I was in Antioch, what we did on Sundays is they would put up two hymns on the wall. They would put up the two hymns and the hymnal number. And they would say, we have a hymn that we're going to sing and that would be part of our morning worship hymn. And then we had a hymn of the month. And we had to sing this hymn of the month every Sunday for the entire month. And sometimes I'd be like, oh my goodness, I, I just can't. I would just, I just couldn't, you know. And so, but what I thought, when I thought about those hymns, one thing I learned is that as you go through things in life, you may not always remember a scripture, but you may remember a hymn. And one of the songs that came to mind in terms of being accepted for who I am was a song called Just As I Am. And this is a song that says that God accepts me for who I am. The song goes, just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. And as thou bids me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. Just as I am, though tossed about, with many a conflict, many a doubt, fighting within and fears without, O Lamb of God, I come. Just as I am, and waiting not, to cleanse my soul of one dark blot, to these, to thee, whose blood can cleanse each spot, O Lamb of God, I come. I just stopped by to tell you to trust in the Lord and not in man. Don't trust in things, but when you trust God, you have to trust him with all of your heart and you cannot lean into your own understanding. In everything, it says in all your ways, that means in everything that you do, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. As children of a king, of the king, it is our responsibility to rid ourselves again of this mass of acceptance to assimilate. God is all you need when you need him. He's Jehovah Jireh. Somebody said he's a provider. He's Jehovah Nisi. That means he's my banner in the times of war. He's Jehovah Shalom. He's my peace. He's my shelter when it's storming in my life. He's Jehovah Rapha. He heals my sick body and my troubled mind. He's my rock when I need stability. He's my protection against my enemies. And he said, whatever I ask for, in accordance to his will, that he will give me. 
He'll hear me and that he will give me. And he sent his son so that we might be reconciled back to him. And he gave us the Holy Spirit so we wouldn't be lonely in this life. We always have somebody. Everything we need is wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in our Lord and Savior. He accepts you for who you are. And I challenge you to take off this mask for the need for acceptance and live the life that he has designed especially for you. I'll give you one more story, just one more. And this one is an interesting one. But as I thought about my story and I thought about what I was writing, you know, sometimes people need to hear your testimony. And so it was when I was graduating from college, graduating from college, and I was so excited to be starting this thing called life. I was so excited about my career. I was so excited about the choice that I made to go into human resources, so excited. And so my career counselor, who was very fond of me, sent me to someone who was his friend to interview for a job. And this was a global company looking for a human resources intern. So I went to the interview and uh, I talked to the woman. And so I'm excited about the questions that she's going to ask me and the potential for getting this internship. Um, and it was as it was in my mind, the deal was already sealed one because I knew how to talk and get, get what I wanted. Uh, and two, because she was a friend of someone that I considered to be a mentor and a friend. And so I walk in and I'm talking to her and she begins to ask me questions about my activities and hobbies. That's something we put on resumes, right? Fair game. So she asked me about these activities and hobbies and she spent more time focused on activities and hobbies than relevant job experience. And so, she asked me about being the captain of the dance team in college. And she tells me about her daughter interested in dance and all these other things. And she asked me all these questions. Now, I had on my resume that I was vice president of the Black Student Union. I was a resident advisor at the school. All of these things that I thought conversation should have led her to ask me about my people skills and any type of employee relations matter could be, um, she could see the transferable skills in my dealing with people and problems. She could see that as it relates to being able to resolve employee relations concerns. And so she asked me all of these questions and, and, and when she started in with these questions, she just didn't stop. And so I answered her question because I felt maybe I already have the job and she just wants to have small talk. Towards the end of the interview, she says to me, well, we're looking for someone with a PHR, which is a human resources certification, and a master's degree. Well, you knew I was graduating with a bachelor's degree. It was clear on my resume. And if you talk to your friend, he would have told you exactly what I was coming with prior to you even having to look at my resume. So nevertheless, 
The interview ended and I got up and walked out and I walked to the elevator. And so one of the things that I, I shared with you is that I love clothes and I love hair and my passions for those two things haven't changed. And so she says to her assistant, as I was walking to the elevator, actually she thought I was probably already down the elevator, but she says to the, her assistant, at least she has nice hair. You know, I, I, I stepped back because I had to think about it. Now, Aisha, who are you? <laughs> and, and, and what is your goal when you walk away from this situation? Think about it. And so fighting back what I really wanted to say, I stepped around the corner and I said, thank you. And she could have fell out. So I say all that to say, not to, not to just talk about that situation in and of itself, but I say all to, that to say is that I, I realized how that rejection turned into a need to wear a mask for me. So I remember leaving that situation and my mom worked down the street. And so I ran down to my mom's job, or I shouldn't say ran down, I walked down to her job and I cried. I cried and I said, mom, I'm never gonna find a job. Nobody's ever gonna hire me and I'm gonna have all of this debt and I'm not even gonna be able to get a job. I was so upset. And it took for my mom and her coworkers who watched me grow up. My mom had worked there um, since, since I was a baby and now here I was 20 and they've all seen me grow up. And so they all tried to console me. But I walked away and I said to myself, and I said it to them, nobody's ever going to tell me no again. So in order for me to not be told no, what that meant is I had to put on a mask because see, everybody's not going to accept you for who you are. And I had to learn to be okay with that. And so in my mind, in order for nobody to tell me no, what did I do? I went out and got that master's degree. If I have a master's degree, nobody's going to tell me no. What did I do? I went out and got a certification in human resources. I got all the certifications you can have because nobody's going to tell me no. But in the end, as I look back on it, some of those things I may not have done if I had just sat and thought about it and prayed about it. Not to say that my education wasn't important because it was and I wouldn't trade anything for it. But I allowed somebody else's rejection to turn into my motivation just so I can please them when I, when I was able to sit at the table. And I found myself as a young black woman in corporate America being put in many positions where I was the only one at the table. And I diminished who I was and didn't say what I wanted to say or what I needed to say or share an idea that I had that I knew was a million times better than all the ideas going across the table. And at times when I would, I would be ignored. And it still happens. But what I have learned and what I am learning because I'm not done, what I'm learning is I don't need validation from the world. If I have something to say, I'm going to say it. It's relevant. It matters. I don't have to wear a mask so that you can like me. One of the things we did as women, we walked black women, we walked away from natural hair. 
Why? Because we wanted to assimilate. We wanted to assimilate. We wanted to have long, beautiful, flowing hair so when I walked in a room, nobody would comment on my nappy hair, right? So now I sit in corporate America with nappy hair and I'm proud of it. This is what I was given and I had to learn to work with it. Now, if I want to change my hair, I'll change my hair because that's how I like to wear my hair, but not because the world is dictating to me, this is how you have to wear your hair, or this is what you should look like to be accepted. And I'll finish with this because it's so important. So one of the things that I like to do on the side is makeup artistry. And I like to do makeup, and I'm fascinated about makeup because Makeup is something, it gives me an opportunity to be creative. And if I had thought about it, really 19 years ago, I would have already have done something with makeup. But nevertheless, there's a time and a purpose. And I noticed that women, and I hate to talk so much about the women, but, but this is so important. Women, we wear this makeup and we wear this makeup to become a different person. We wear it to become somebody different, we do. And makeup is used to enhance beauty. So that means you're already beautiful. It should be used to enhance what you already have, not to cover up, not to take away. And so what we do with makeup is we take and we put, we do correcting with flaws. So where we see that the skin is not even, we correct it. Where we see that somebody's nose is too wide or too long, we, we have tricks to make it smaller for camera purposes. And sometimes when you see somebody on TV and then you go see them at the store, it's not who they are. I, she, she looks like that, it throws you completely off. And so a mask, a mask, we, we do all of these things because we wanna be accepted instead of just being who we really are. Enhance your beauty, don't take away from it. And then for young men, you know, they wanna be part of these gangs. That's how it's, I gotta be associated. I gotta have people think that I'm tough. I gotta have people think that I'm strong. I gotta have people think that I got big money. You got big money and no brain. Cause what sense does it make to, to put yourself at risk of losing your life because you choose to assimilate, to be accepted by a group of people who don't love you. And if you ain't here tomorrow, they pouring liquor on the ground, talking about YOLO. You only live once. And that's the end of you. And it's happening to so many of our black men because what they see is what they feel is accepted by the world. But the world will do you no justice. It will chew you up and spit you out as sure as you're born. You'll die without a purpose. And so I say, take off the mask. Take it off. You don't have to be accepted by this world. Guess what, there's somebody who accepts you. And his acceptance is what you're gonna need for the next life because I'm here to tell you, you don't only live once, there's a life after this one. And the mask cannot be worn in that life. And so what I want to say is we have to encourage one another. We have to promote authenticity. 
If you want to wear a label, because I'm not saying you shouldn't wear labels, wear it because you want to wear it, not because you see five other people wearing it, not because it's just the, the cool thing to do. If you like red bottom shoes, wear your red bottom shoes because you like it, not because you need to be associated with a group of people who got money and wear red bottoms. Because truth be told, sometimes we see people with these things and don't have anything in the bank account because it's all a facade. And so as I close, because I don't want to get on a soapbox and I don't want to bore you, as I close, I want to encourage you to embrace your uniqueness. And as mothers, happy Mother's Day to all of you and to all of the women who contribute to building a generation of leaders. We have to encourage our children. We have to encourage ourselves that we stand strong in the strength that we were given. For you can do all things, and you can, through Christ who strengthens you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so I'll start I'll leave you with where I started. Hey, black child, do you know who you are? Who you really are? Do you know that you can be what you want to be if you try to be what you can be? Hey, black child, do you know where you are going, where you're really going? Do you know you can learn what you want to learn if you try to learn? what you can learn? Hey, black child, don't you know you are strong? And I mean, you are really strong. Do you know that you can do what you wanna do if you try to do what you can do? Hey, black child, be what you can be. Learn what you must learn and do what you can do. And tomorrow, tomorrow, your nation will be what you want it to be. As we close, I'd like to offer Christ to you today. If you're new and you don't have any experience or knowledge of Christ, I would invite you to pray and to ask him to search your heart and to come into your life. If you are uh, in a state of backsliding where you need to be reconciled with God, I would ask that you would again pray and ask the Lord to help you to become reconciled with him. He didn't die without a purpose. When he died, he thought about you. He thought about me. And through his blood, we're now reconciled back to God. And so I would encourage you, if you don't know him or if you walked away from him, that you come back because what he can give you is more than what the world can offer. And all he's asking for is you. He's designed you. He's created you. He has a plan for your life. Won't you come? If you're looking for a church home, I can think of no better place than New Morning Light Baptist Church. We're a family of believers. We encourage you to be who you are. You don't have to put on the mask of acceptance here. We accept you when you walk through these doors. So again, I'd like to offer Christ with you or to you, and I welcome you to this body of Christ where there's no greater joy than to wake up every morning and say thank you and look at all the wonderful things that he's done for you. 
So wherever you are, whatever the time, wherever the place, I ask that you would just ask the Lord to come into your heart. And with that, as we come to a close, I want to say thank you for allowing me to be here with you today. I would like to invite you to a saying that we have here at New Morning Light, where we say, this joy that I have, <laughs> the world did not give it to me and the world can't take it away. See, that's why you should join the body of Christ. I am thankful for what God has done, what God is doing, and let me look back and say, what God will do. So with that, have a beautiful Sunday. Happy Mother's Day to you. Have a great week.